Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'd like, thank you all for tuning in to the show. As always, I got my crew with me, Dardell and Tyler. I'm Trey, and we're coming your way with the 91st edition of the Don't Kill the Messengers podcast. First thing we're about to get into for this week is some NCAA football. Uh, we had uh, quite some upsets last week um, in college football, so I had to change the playoff rankings up uh, quite a bit. Uh, guys, just looking at the playoff rankings, um, just what are your thoughts on the rankings, and you think they got it right? I think they have the correct four teams. Uh, I would probably have Oklahoma up above. Clem- I would probably flip Oklahoma and Clemson, I guess I should say. Stacks up a little better, but I'm, I, I don't have a ton of problem with it. And yeah, I would still definitely. have Georgia. Georgia ahead of Auburn as far as top six for the next two in. Yeah. Still, even though they beat them. Yeah. For me, you know, when, when they were coming out, you know, we, we texted a little bit, and I think we were all kind of surprised at Clemson uh, at two. Uh, but w- one thing I've always told you guys, and, you know, I believe it, that, you know, you get the benefit of the doubt when you've had success. So Clemson being last year's national champion, you know, winning a, what have they won four in a row since you kind of get that benefit of the doubt. And that's definitely why I think they're number two. Um, I'm totally okay with, they were very impressive. They're undefeated. Sliding them into three is not an issue at all for me. I would have been even if they were uh, four, like Darnell said, I think the four teams are correct. I'm I'm still a little surprised they moved Georgia down as far as seven. Granted, they just lost to Auburn, but being a one-loss team, I figured they'd keep them in the top six and really championship game interesting. With the idea that if you know Georgia stays clean till the SEC championship game beats Bama, then they'd slide into that top four. Um, mm-hmm. Now, I won't be shocked if that tends to be the case anyway. Um, but I was still a little surprised they didn't keep Georgia in that top six, considering this is, you know, the only blemish on the record and they've looked very clean really until this point. But, you know, Auburn's got a real defense and I think a lot of people forget that based, you know, on the fact that they haven't, they haven't been as good of a team over the last few years. But uh, I think they've really turned the corner. Their defense is one of the best in the country. So uh, they picked up a big win, jumped to six. Don't have a huge problem with it. I said at least seven. So um, not a huge issue. Just uh, like Darnell said, I think the order could be different and there wouldn't be much discussion. All right, y'all, y'all the, uh, Big Ten guys, man. Wisconsin, they beat Iowa. They was ranked number 20. Uh, y'all still, like, don't, what they got to do to get in that top four, man. Like, keep winning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's, I, I think Wisconsin's in such a tough place, though. Uh, their, their strength of schedule's been very weak. Uh, I think Wisconsin's, even the first ranked opponent they saw. Um, so I don't think you can really buy into one win. Uh, granted, these next two weeks will be nice for them. They get, they get Michigan. Uh, who did they play after? Uh, 
Minnesota. Minnesota. I mean, Minnesota's not like a slouch team, but they, they should clean up on Minnesota pretty good. If they could win that game big. But a win against Michigan will help. Um, but uh, what it's going to take for them is to be the Big Ten champion. Um, and at this point, they better hope uh, Ohio State stays clean. Uh, if Ohio State loses either this week to Illinois or the following week to Michigan, I think that does nothing but hurt Wisconsin's chances. Because um, then they'd most likely be seeing, if Michigan State runs the table, they'd see Michigan State. Um, no offense to you, Darnell, but I don't think Wisconsin wants to be seeing Michigan State in the Big Ten Championship game this year. Oh, yeah. I mean, they they want to see the highest-ranked team they can see there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it just comes down to they they got some help with with the upsets, so that mm-hmm. uh, revived the Big Ten's chances. Since you know last week, everybody said we were pretty much done for uh, as far mm-hmm. as the conference goes. Uh, so they they got some help with, and they have a couple ranked teams coming up now. They and they just beat Iowa, so then they have Michigan uh, coming into Wisconsin this week, and yeah, they're probably hoping that. Uh, Wisconsin does what they need to do against, uh, they should against Illinois. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I, I don't doubt that too much, but as long as, uh, they're focused on winning the rivalry game, which I assume they would be, mm-hmm. uh, then, then Wisconsin has something to play for. Uh, it, it's mm-hmm. going to be a tough matchup for them, but yeah, if, I think if they can run that table and, and beat Ohio State, it'll be kind of hard to keep them out, mm-hmm. uh, uh, being an undefeated, uh, conference yeah, champion. Sure. With with everything else that's happened, mm-hmm. yeah, you know Illinois, no no more Juice Williams, so yeah, I don't I don't I don't think they'll be posing too much of a threat this year. Yeah, got all about the juice, man. Uh, all right, guys, just now just looking at these uh, Georgia and Notre Dame team, um, they took a pretty big loss. Uh, they got whooped pretty bad against the uh, squads that they were playing. Uh, Notre Dame. Uh, going against, up against the U and Georgia going up against Auburn. Uh, do you think perhaps they were maybe, um, overrated a little bit, uh, this year at all? I know like Georgia, uh, their toughest opponent was Notre Dame and they fought, uh, battled against each other earlier. Uh, I think season mm-hmm. opener, I believe, or maybe it was the second week or whatever. Second game. Yeah, second, second game. game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. and you know, and that was just early in the season. Uh, team still had a lot of improvement. Uh, to get uh together and you know work on there mm-hmm. uh just filling each other out and getting uh just better throughout the season but uh y'all think they were mm-hmm. perhaps overrated or just a bad game by the two or what yeah i i, I don't think overrated's the correct term here i mean georgia still has one blemish if they get into the playoff no one's gonna think oh they don't deserve to be there um the reason i also don't think notre dame was overrated is because they they backed it up uh, they beat USC. They beat North Carolina State. Yeah. Um, I mean, looking like a better win as the weeks go on, they beat Michigan State. Um, so, I mean, they, they beat three solid opponents, lost to Georgia by one. Uh, the loss to Miami definitely hurts them big time. I think they're out of the playoff. They would need a miracle to get back in it now. Um but, yeah, I don't think they were overrated. I think Miami's defense is just that good, and I think Auburn's defense is just that good. Good schemes, yeah, very athletic defenses, fast defenses. Uh, and if you're not coming to play offensively, a fast defense will beat you up. 
Yeah, I, I agree. I wouldn't. I would by no means call either team overrated, and I think they're where they're at still in the rankings would kind of prove that. I think Georgia, like I said, I felt that that they got dropped a little far, uh, but I mean they're still seven and eight in the rankings. And yeah, yeah. And college football is it's pretty tough to go undefeated. I know. Mm-hmm. Alabama does it almost every year, so they kind of make it look like it's just a normal thing. And uh, you you usually have one or two others coming into the late part of the season, but it's rarely like rarely do you see five, six, seven teams at the top of the rankings that are all undefeated. I mean, the, these are still elite teams, and and these are eighteen to twenty two yeah. year olds basically stepping into this, so. Mm-hmm. I mean, with, with a game like this, who knows what happened to in in the college ranks? Like, it's almost like an NBA game where a player or two can turn the tide for a college football game, even yeah. though it's mm-hmm. more of a team sport. So, you know, it, you got teenagers to early twenties. Somebody's girlfriend could have dumped them or something the day before, and it, it could cause a loss. And yeah. like, I'm not, even, I'm being serious. Like, seriously, <laughs> that petty can cause a game right go go terribly so so no i'm not going to say that they're overrated they ran in the buzzsaws i mean auburn was hyped up for that game and they they took it to georgia and uh the the turnover chain was flying for miami they yeah. they did what they needed to do yeah. uh, so so no not not overrated just in this sport i mean like we say like they say on, on television all the time the season is basically a playoff they just mm-hmm. Ran into that bad matchup for that day. Yeah. To use another cliche, uh, to switch days on it though, any given Saturday, yeah. If, if you get yeah. enough talent, yeah. yeah. And and I'll and I'll even jump in real quick talking about that turnover chain. You know, last week I said you know I thought Miami was getting a little too big for the britches, but man, I, I don't think we've seen the Miami defense look that good this year. Uh, they were. Uh, they were everywhere. I mean, they forced a quarterback change, and I mean, they took it to Notre Dame. Uh, best defensive performance I've seen out of them all year. Because uh, I know Trey, like you said, one of your concerns with them was they they let teams hang around. They kept some games yeah. closer than they should have. And I and I was just thinking, man, I feel like if Notre Dame could keep it close, something could happen. And I, you know, just Notre Dame hasn't been on the national stage for a few years. And I was just thinking, maybe it's just their time. And the Miami defense, you know, shut that down pretty quick. But yeah, they, they're definitely very impressive. Their defense is their strength. Uh, they won that game based off of, you know, creating turnovers and getting great field. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I don't want to say like their offense isn't good because their offense can score the ball. I just think their defense needs to keep it up if they want to stay where they're at. I mean, I don't think this defense can, you know, afford to slow down. You know, I think that offense needs the defense more than the defense needs the offense. Yeah, I'd agree there. Yeah, man. Just, uh, I got another old saying too, you know, defense wins championships. Uh, so if they yeah. can keep that going. Uh, you know, that future can definitely be bright. But uh just to touch on, you know, exactly what you mentioned, Ty. I was very nervous about this uh Miami team, uh just how they've been looking in uh just earlier this season, uh having close games against uh 
FSU squad without Francois, uh, Georgia Tech, and then almost lost to, I think, uh, North Carolina. They only won one game this mm-hmm. year. So them coming up into uh, going up against uh, Virginia Tech and this Notre Dame team, I was really uh, nervous uh, for them. But their defense got it together. Like they improved uh, consecutively uh, week after week uh, after those two games, man. And they just got the team uh giving this uh, fans and everybody just something to cheer for. Uh, that turnover chain is in full effect. So uh, hopefully they can just keep it going. Uh, you know, like I said, they schedule is pretty uh, easy now. Uh, they got those two uh, out the way with, uh, with their yeah. confidence right now. They should be able to uh, close it out and get to the ACC championship. But uh, yeah. just a good job on them, man, because I was nervous. And, you know, yeah. that defense pulled it together and they were just able to win. And in reality, like if you're if you were a Miami fan, I feel like that was a game you should have been nervous about. You know, that's a that's a real test. It's just you know, being at home, you have the environment. Uh, you know, just that that's that's a tough trip for Notre Dame to take. Like, yeah, just like going to Notre Dame would be a tough trip for anybody else to take. So, uh, some things played in their favor there, but they they showed up ready to go. Notre Dame, they just didn't. Uh, now you uh kind of already touched on it, Ty, but I'll ask Darnell this. Um, yeah. you know, Ty, you already said that you don't you believe that Notre Dame's playoff hopes are over. Uh, yeah. you agree with that too, Darnell, or you still think they got a chance, or how you feeling uh with Notre Dame? I mean, it's I I won't say zero, but it's pretty darn close. Uh, yeah, they would need a lot to happen. So I mean, they would need another. Saturday or two with a bunch of chaos to happen and they still win games. Uh, I mean, we, we do still have Auburn playing Alabama in the SEC title game to cause some movement there. Uh, Oklahoma, they, I mean, the Big 12 is just a shootout conference, so it's possible they could lose. And then if Wisconsin crapped the bed, yeah, things could happen. And, you know, Miami still has a, ACC title that mm-hmm. they'd have to compete for. So it's possible them or Clemson uh, could be dropping out still. So they're not totally out of it, but they're going to need some help for Very sure. Very slim chance. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. got to give them 6%. 6%. <laughs> yeah. 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 Right. 6.1 to make them feel a little better about it. <laughs> yeah. No, but just, just real quick, since you guys are both uh, – you know, you you both have the uh, Alabama ties, if you will. But uh, do you think they have something to be a little nervous about? I mean, that was a really close call against Mississippi State. Oh, I mean, Alabama, with all the injuries at linebacker and how well Auburn can run the ball, I, yeah. I definitely think that causes some issues there. Uh, they, they, you, you could see some some uh, kinks in the armor uh, from. Uh, their game last week just showing that uh, who was that against Mississippi State was it? Uh, uh, yeah, they, yeah. Uh, they they were struggling in that game up until the end. Like it took some heroics mm-hmm. and they couldn't they couldn't uh, stop a lot of plays at the point of attack like they could because they didn't have that strong a linebacker yeah. play because they seem to have lost every linebacker. I know they're still putting out five star kids that are freshmen, but they haven't gotten the reps to where you can trust them all the way. So yeah, uh, it, I, I definitely 
I mean, I, I honestly, I'll say Alabama's a little vulnerable right now if they come up against a team that can run the ball. And God forbid if something happened to make a Fitzpatrick right now, that defense yeah. would be in a <laughs> lot of trouble. Yeah. And yeah, he, uh, he took a, like a fall and got hurt a little bit. Uh, uh-huh. his hamstring. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's, you know, that would really, uh, mess them up, man. But, you know, yeah, just to piggyback off that, you know, when they first started the season off, just looking at this, uh, Alabama team, um, you know, I thought this was probably could possibly be like one of the best teams, uh, saving, uh, has coached. Uh, but you know, just looking at how the SEC was and everything like that, how everything was unfolding, uh, you know, with these injuries, um, and just everything that's going on, uh, with Alabama and just, uh, college football as a whole. Yeah. They definitely look like they can, uh, be touched, uh, right now. Uh, they were looking untouchable, but this week they have Mercer. So that should be one they should be able to handle, but a good healthy game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. but you know, when Alabama they, squeaks that one in late. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Saban knows to put a cakewalk somewhere in the middle of the season. Yeah. yeah. He like always yeah. does that right before Auburn. Yeah. So. Yeah. They get all that credit because they always play a big boy early, but he does that so he can throw that cupcake in the middle of the season oh, to sure. get an extra bye week, basically. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, you know, like, I, I'm not nervous about that one, man, but whenever the Iron Bowl uh, comes on, anything can happen. So, it's just oh, one yeah, of the we, greatest we rivalries yeah, in sports. So, uh, yeah, somebody got shot this past year. Yeah, I was just about right to now. say, yeah. <laughs> Really? So, yeah, yeah, somebody got shot, yeah, with the whole Iron Ball, yeah, tensions coming mm-hmm. up, man. So it's – Alabama does not play when it comes to their college football, man. So it's – you know, like I said, anything can happen. So this is going to be interesting to see uh, how these two teams uh, prepare for each other and duke it out. So, But all right, guys, um, anything else to add for NCAA football before we move on? Nope. All right. Uh, before we get into the uh, two big games we had last week in uh, college basketball, uh, just guys, what were your uh, thoughts on the season um, so far uh, before we get into Duke and Michigan State and Kansas and Kentucky? I mean, I guess without diving too much into those, I yeah. mean, that's basically what got me excited for the season, those games last night, yeah. which mm-hmm. yeah, I think that kind of jump started everything so um happy with the i mean not come uh but just happy to have good basketball being played uh mm-hmm. so it started hot and i think we're gonna have a good season coming along yeah uh just uh news uh breaking news for the day uh you know uh leangelo and the crew won't be getting their heads chopped off in china so <laughs> um they they uh UCLA came out and said that they were suspended indefinitely. Uh but how how many games would you guys think they would possibly uh end up missing? That that's tough. That's tough. That's serious. I mean Yeah, it's it's hard to say, like stealing in a foreign country and being arrested is a X amount of suspension. Like I don't even think this has been a thing before. <laughs> At least not that I'm aware of. Yeah, that's the thing that makes it weird because, I mean, it, it's crazy to think that in China, shoplifting could get you a 10-year sentence. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, if if this would have happened here in the States, it's stupid, but 
I assume the kids would only be suspended for a game or two. So since it happened in another country, maybe they'll get four or five games. Yeah, that's that's yeah. what I was thinking too. Probably yeah. yeah I was if, thinking if it's five. Yeah, I was gonna say if it's more than five, I, I would be a little surprised. But yeah, I, I guess real fascist in terms of the start of the season. It's always it's always good to have basketball back. Um, like Darnell said last night, really feels like we're getting underway. Um, the nice thing about the games last night is that just kind of warms you up for the Maui Invitational and the uh, Battle for Atlantis and things like this. Some some of the better preseason tournaments, uh, you know, the uh, preseason NIT, you know, just good basketballs now started because of the Champions Classic. Yeah. Um, and you know, if last night's a foreshadow of anything, like Darnell said, we're we're going to be up for a good one. Uh, we'll get um, Kansas and Kentucky out of the way with uh, first, and then we'll do mm-hmm. Michigan State. Um, but, uh, guys, just what were your thoughts on the uh, Kansas-Kentucky game? I, after, I mean, still to preface the other game, probably you kind of wish this one was first. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you were sitting in to watch both games, it was oh, yeah. they started a little off, bit of yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, not to say it was a bad game by any means, but this this isn't the Kentucky team that we've had as of late. Uh, this yeah. is going to be one of those later blooming squads, I think. Uh, Kansas will be interesting. Uh, definitely, I mean, all all the teams we're going to talk about always have a gang of talent on their rosters. Uh, but Kansas, I, I want to see them play another elite team just to kind of get a feel of what they really have. But I think this Kentucky team is pretty raw. They don't have a a star that you can look to. Uh, they're young. They they do have some talent, but they don't have that that guy you can look at to know that's going to be who uh who they can go to in crunch time. Yeah, I, I was pretty impressed uh, with uh, Knox. Uh, he he did oh, look sure. good. Uh, I, I like him. Knox. Yeah, so uh, that was just one guy uh, that really stood out for me. Um, with Kentucky, mm-hmm. but yeah, just real quick, man. Yeah, that that game, man. It started off, uh, you know, like I said, rough. Uh, with just like how they were missing shots, the turnovers, and everything like that. Um, but you know, just with Kentucky and Kansas, man, those are just two squads you know never want to uh, overlook. You know, I think those are two uh, winningest yeah. uh, schools in college basketball. So they they'll get it together for sure. Yeah, you know, I think one of the more interesting things, at least that I noticed was, uh, you know, Kansas has never really been a team to run deep. You're looking at eight guys a game, max, an eight-guy rotation. Uh, nine if someone's getting into foul trouble or a couple guys are getting into foul trouble. But to, to see them only run, you know, seven guys out on the floor last night, I was, I was a little taken back, I guess. Um, yeah. To see that, like, and, but granted, that's something Bill Self has always done. He's always been that way. Uh, but, you know, just to think, it's like, your can well, I mean, to be fair, they, they do, I believe they have one of their, they have a player that's hurt that would usually log quite a few minutes. Uh, I, I can't even tell you what his name is. It's, you know, I'm, I'm not that brushed up on, on the Kansas roster. 
but um, that that was definitely something that stood out to me. It's like you're in a you're in a tough fought game. Players are getting into some foul trouble, and only throwing seven guys out there is pretty pretty risky. But uh, I mean, Kansas fought hard. Um, Graham is impressive. I think he's going to be their player to watch all year. Uh, Mikhailik is going to be, you know, their guy from outside. Uh, he didn't shoot the three ball very well last night. He was three of ten, but uh, he's definitely going to be their their shooter. You know, he kind of was last year too, but when you have Frank Mason the third kind of running the show, you just don't notice it as much. But he, in terms of Kentucky, Calipari has the toughest job in America. I don't care what anybody says. You know, he's constantly dealing with at least five freshmen that, for all intents and purposes, have no clue what's going on. And there were a couple times in that game last night where you, Kentucky didn't even look like a basketball team. Uh, you know, a lot of turnovers and, just sloppy play, trying to outrun the other team, trying to do everything at a hundred miles an hour when they just kind of need to lay it back. But that's the growing pains that Kentucky goes through almost every year. But yeah, I completely agree. I think this Kentucky still needs to find their stride. They need to, you know, come into their own. I think Kevin Knox is their guy. Uh, I believe he was their highest recruit, I think. Uh, but you know, the one thing I was at least impressed with by Kentucky is you know, they brought four guys off the bench. Two of them scored at least six points. Um, if they can get a couple more starters into that 10 point range, they, I think they'll be fine. It's just they got a lot of raw talent. Um, probably the most interesting thing for me was Wenyan Gabriel was coming off the bench for them, and he's like the returner from last year. You figure they'd want a little bit of explore, but I mean, he only logged 18 minutes, and that was, that was a little surprising to me, but. I think it's just clear that Kevin Knox, their guy, head and shoulders. Uh, they Kentucky needs to just find their stride. I, if you're reading a lot into the season based off of last night, I kind of feel bad for you. But there's a lot of season left. They'll figure it out. Uh, they always have a pretty nice schedule. So uh, good game overall. But I agree with Jarnell. This game should have been the first game. All right, guys, uh, now we're getting to Duke and Michigan State. Um, just thoughts on that game. I'll, uh, I'll go first this time, Darnell, so you can kind of hop on okay. Michigan State a little bit here since you'll know a little more to talk about than I will. Um, I think for starters, the story here is Grayson Hallen just having a field day. Um, I don't think many people expected that to happen. I definitely didn't. Yeah. Um, I think the crazy thing about it was, you know, he, he's coming into the season already the most hated guy in college basketball. And he just has this look in his eye that he, like he's out there to kill. Like he, he's going to put up 20 something a game for the season. Uh, he looked very impressive. He looked determined. Uh, great start to his season. And I think he'll do nothing but build off the confidence for this. Um, but, you know, the the one thing about Duke, I guess I was a little disappointed with, but to nobody's fault, uh, Marvin Bagley got poked in the eye and missed the second half. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of felt bad for him because I felt like this would have been a really good game for him to kind of strut, strut his stuff a little bit. But, you know, he'll get plenty of opportunity in the ACC. Uh, so I'm, I'm not too worried about missing out on him. Um, but a player I was definitely impressed with was uh, Duvall. 
Trayvon Duvall. Um, he's a freshman. 17, 10, and six steals. So. Yeah, uh, that, that was, that's an impressive stat line. Uh, he needs to clean up on that seven for 20 shooting though. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I think that that was, he impressed me. He, he looked like he belonged on the floor outside of missing all those shots. But, um, yeah, I just felt like he looked like he belonged. Um, the, the thing about these two teams is they're just well coached. So of course it was a good game. Uh, you know, nothing surprising about how this game played out to me. Um, I think the one thing that kind of disappointed me about Michigan State was the fact that you don't have Mar- Mar- uh, Duke doesn't have Martin Bag the third, and Michigan State still can't find a way to stop Grayson Allen. It's like you don't even have Martin Bagley to worry about now, and you're still allowing Grayson Allen to just do whatever he wants, basically. But uh, you know the things for Michigan State. Um, Miles Bridges is going to be Miles Bridges. Scored 19. That was nice. Jared Jackson's going to be nice. Uh, he's going to be a force to be reckoned with. I actually think he's going to be shaping up to be a lottery pick. I was real impressed with him. Shoots a high percentage. Uh, it's, he's just a tough kid. I uh, was, was very impressed with that. Um, Nick Ward. I, I even think I said this at one point last year. Darnell, I, I thought for a while Nick Ward was the best player on the team. Uh, I still Early think he's, he was. yeah, and and honestly, I still think he's the most underrated player in America. I don't, I, I don't even think there's an argument. Uh, in 18 minutes, dude shoots over 50 percent and gets 19 points. Yep. Like didn't even play half the game, and that's a, it's, it, he had a nice stat line. Uh, now, granted, the minutes, but uh, you know, two blocks. Just he played, he played well. Uh, you know, Bridges still had a really solid game, shot just under 50%, shot 50% from three, which is real nice. For me, I don't know how I feel about Bridges taking 10 threes, but, um, you know, I, if they're there, you take them. So Bridges looked pretty good. Um, the depth is going to be there for Michigan State, uh, which I think will be very nice. They're going to have a lot of size and a lot of depth this year. That's going to be real tough for teams in the Big Ten to deal with. Um, but I guess my, my big takeaway from both squads for Duke, uh, I, I think their, their youth is pretty mature. Uh, I think they're going to find a lot of success with that youth as to where Kentucky's going to have to figure out what the youth is made of. Uh, I, I was impressed with Duke. Uh, I'm still impressed with Michigan State. I don't think they have anything to worry about. Where I am impressed with them is with, uh, Jaron Jackson. Uh, I think he's going to cause a lot of, a lot of issues for teams. And especially as you're focusing on Miles Bridges, I think that'll allow Jaron Jackson to soar this year. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this game was, like, as far as you can call it for a early game in the season, this one was, was super fun to watch. Oh, yeah. Uh, both teams seemed to be geared up for it. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think, I think it came down to you could tell which team had a, had a senior. Yeah. Uh, and... Yeah. Grayson Allen seemed to be the most composed player on the court late in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I, I wish I didn't have to, but I'll take credit for it for last week when we were talking about players to watch. Uh, he, he was somebody that I pointed out. Oh, yeah. and he came through in spades this game. Oh, yeah. uh, he, he looked like J.J. Redick, honestly, last night. Oh, yeah, uh, he was hitting, hitting the threes. Yeah, like just 
pulling up and popping from three shot uh shot seven four eleven from three point range so I mean, if if you let somebody hit that many it's it's gonna be tough to win I put up thirty seven so I gotta give him credit where gotten on him hard about his his uh flopping and flinging and he did have a pretty bad <laughs> flop during the game but uh, he did. But he but he did ball out. I gotta give him his credit there. On the state side, you had some good games all around. I do wish Bridges would have been a little more aggressive. Uh Ty, you mentioned it shooting the ten threes. I kinda feel like that zone kinda screwed with the team that uh Yeah, it's like they, they didn't expect it. Yeah. Uh they I'm pretty sure they were expected to play, be in uh man situations, but they threw that zone out and uh, it seemed like they settled for a lot of jump shots instead of trying to fight their way into the into mm-hmm. the middle of it. Yeah. Uh, State has a lot of big bodies. I I think mm-hmm. uh, I put a little bit of that on Izzo that he didn't start trying to get the team to force their way in some to mm-hmm. make them break from from this zone. Because uh, I mean, the only way to break a zone is to try to get inside of it. Don't don't do what they want you to do and shoot a bunch of threes. Uh, State fell into that trap. They still kept as close as possible, but late, uh, Duke started pulling away with it. Uh, I was impressed by all Bridges, who, I mean, he he was still good. He was still Bridges. Uh, Like I said, I would have liked a little more aggression, but the two bigs, they were more impressive to me, Jaron Jackson and Nick Ward. Uh, More so, I guess I'd I'd say Jaron Jackson, seeing as he's, he's a true freshman starting and was putting in work yeah. uh hitting threes at seven feet tall is it's an ugly shot it's a knuckle ball five times so uh, i gotta give him his due there uh yeah. I, I wish i would have let it got a little bit more out of cash's winston too though uh he mm-hmm. he only shot one for five over two from deep uh, I think if we could have got a couple more baskets from him, that probably would have been enough to swing it the other way. Uh, but overall, real good game. Both of these teams, I think they'll be making late runs, and hopefully we can get a rematch because that was a fun ball game. Yeah, if I can, if I can just jump in real fast on you there. Uh, since you mentioned him last, I'll jump in on Cassius Winston. Eleven assists has to be at least encouraging, though. Oh yeah, for sure. Knowing oh, that I- he has. Yeah, like knowing he has the vision out there to, to dish the ball and not necessarily take the shots. Yeah, for him, um, I, I I expect like seven to ten assists a game from him, somewhere in that yeah, range. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, now I understand you probably want to see him probably closer to eight points rather than three points. Yeah, you know, yeah. but um, but you know, and where where we were talking about bridges is like he he took ten threes and zero free throws. Like he should be he should be attempting more free throws than three pointers every game. Like, I, I don't think there should be an excuse. And, and, you know, the thing is, like, you agree with me, like, seeing 10 three-pointers and zero free throws is bizarre. Like, Miles Bridges should be getting up. He should be playing above the rim. But, yeah, I, I, I mean, don't know. I, I get it. He, he was left open to, to his credit. He was left open quite a bit on, on the perimeter. Yeah, it seemed like they, I don't know, like they were trying to just like I don't know if they didn't respect his deep shot. I mean, and he did shoot fifty percent from there, but uh knowing his athletic prowess, I, I would rather him shoot ten threes if I'm the other team than mm-hmm. taking it into the basket. But yeah, but sure. yeah, I 
Izzo should have tried to incorporate a little more get him going towards the basket because, you know, he's a missile going to the rim. Like, you yeah. pretty much have no choice but to follow him once he gets in the air. Yeah, so, I mean, he's built like LeBron. Yeah. <laughs> there, There's just no doubt about, you know, the fact that him hanging around the perimeter was not the key for success here. Yeah, that 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 made Duke a little more comfortable. Uh, yeah. So, something to work on, and I'm pretty oh, sure they'll, they'll look at the film and I don't think they'll let a, a two three zone befuddle them like that again. Yeah. You know, and it was it was kind of interesting. Like I was watching that game last night with uh, one of my friends who's I don't want to say like he's just getting into sports, but he's kinda like just starting to like become a fan of it. It's not just casual. He doesn't want it to be casual for him anymore. So we were watching that game and I just kinda told him, I'm like, all four teams that played last night, I was like they are going to be four teams you're going to hear about all season. Like, if you only pay attention to these four teams, you're going to be set, like, for the year. And during the Duke-Michigan State game, like, I, I was telling them, like, I, I, I personally felt like Michigan State just kind of, with, with that 2-3 zone, they, they didn't call a great game. Like, Izzo didn't drop the right plays. Now, granted, I don't know if that's necessarily all on Izzo or if Izzo drew up the plays and either Duke played that good of a two three or the players just didn't execute. But I was I was I guess a little shocked at how it was late in the second half and Michigan State still couldn't seem to figure out that two three. Mm-hmm. I mean it was to be fair, it's not like it's Syracuse running the two three. But well yeah, that was a weird thing because there were spots, especially when they had Tillman and and Ward kind of playing off of each other down low. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They they were getting inside to do things. Every time they made a run, those two bigs were doing things, but uh, they just kept going away from it and going back to taking a lot of perimeter shots. Uh, I just think they have to figure out to make use of all the size that they have. Yeah, for sure. And it also has to do with it just being early in the season. But, you know, I kind of felt like Michigan State was a little too unselfish. There were a couple of times where I thought Matt McQuaid should have been taking shots and he's passing. Oh, yeah. Oh, Matt McQuaid one being one of the more, yeah, with, with McQuaid being one of the more yeah on that team, he should be shooting the ball a little bit more than he does. He should yeah, have a, like, in reality, he should have a green light. Yeah, there's one in the corner. Zo gave him the business for Oh, he did. Like, yeah, absolutely. What are you absolutely. doing? <laughs> yeah, he was he was actually open twice and passed yeah. it twice. But, you know, like I've told everybody, last night should have been for pure enjoyment. If you're reading into the season based off of last night, that's shame on you. It's too early. Like I, I, I was saying, rankings don't mean anything in November. None of these teams should move really at all. What happened last night? All right, guys. Uh, I touched a lot on those uh, two games. Um, anything else to add for NCAA basketball? Good season to coming. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, y'all. Can, well, uh, uh, real, real quick. I, I just hope you know we we see it often in NFL. NBA where a lot of the stars get hurt. I hope we don't see some of these star players get hurt this year. Like I, I want to see as healthy of a season as we can get. I agree. Yeah. 
was about to just say too, man. Y'all keep me posted on, uh, you know, like a lot of sports, man. You get focused on like the un, uh, the ranked teams that's playing, like you know, one versus mm-hmm. number two or whatever. But keep me posted on the uh, squads y'all think that's gonna uh, be, you know, doing something that's not really uh, ranked but can make a splash in the uh, um any playoff bracket stuff. So yeah, well, in reality, Trey, like you're. All you kind of have to do is just, like, I don't even necessarily want to say watch as much as you can, but you kind of have to be willing to turn on a game where it's not super exciting. All right. You watch a game where it's, like, just for some random example, a Mountain West team's playing a Sunbelt team because they talk about the conferences. Okay. So, you know, <clears throat> announcers will get talking about the conferences and things like that. So basically all you have to do, you, you just have to be willing to watch some games that aren't very interesting from what they talk about. All right. So you, you, you hear a lot of team names, you hear a lot of player names, and that's kind of how you get it all figured out. Okay. All right. Up next, we're about to... Uh change over to the NFL. Uh, first, we're about to start off with Kyle Kaepernick. Uh, he was just named Citizen of the Year uh, by Gentleman's Quarterly. Uh, some people took issue with that, man. Some people you were saying... the official name of the magazine, huh? Yeah, yeah General <laughs> A. That's the <laughs> GQ, yeah. It's not GQ? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, uh, you know, yeah, like I said, a lot of people were taking uh, issue with that. Some people were saying that J.J. Uh, Watt, uh, he should have got it. Uh, just based upon um, what he was doing for the hurricane victims, uh, I forgot how much money he raised, but he raised thirty-seven a lot. million. Yeah, thirty-seven yeah, like million. He raised like over ten or fifteen million. Yeah, so he he raised a lot. Uh, but guys, yeah, just what did you uh, think about the uh, you know Kaepernick and the Citizen of the Year? You think uh, Watt should have got it, or just what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I I I wouldn't have been mad if JJ Watt was the person, but I think people trying to I mean just like how this whole situation has gotten is it's just it's it's a polarizing issue uh mm-hmm. as far as uh Colin Kaepernick goes but anybody that wants to try to throw JJ Watt in there I guess I would just have to point out not that it's bad it was a great thing that he did but JJ Watt raised 37 million so this was other people's money Colin Kaepernick gave a million of his own dollars that he was uh, kneeling for. So I I think those kind of weigh in with each other. He he wasn't using his influence to uh, put money for to get other people to give money for things, which at this point I'm pretty sure he could do for the uh, causes he's behind. But Mm -hmm. he he pulled money out of his own pocket. Maybe JJ. JY did this as well, but I haven't seen any reporting on it, so I can't go that far with him. But uh, it's no no slouch of a, a thing to give a million of your own dollars, especially when you will probably never play another snap uh, for the causes that you're behind. So I, I gotta gotta point that out for people that want to basically just pick their side of the aisle that they want to complain about it. I think both of them are good candidates for this. GQ happened to uh, choose Kaepernick for it. A pretty good article about it. They 
he he didn't actually do an interview or anything, but from those close to him, they they paint all that he's done to earn that award in their opinion. Uh, and I would I would I guess I would just say to a lot of people before you judge it, at least read the article. So maybe you may learn something as to why they chose it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm just gonna go ahead and be quite honest and blunt about it. Like, it's a magazine I don't read, a magazine I don't really care about giving an award that I honestly don't really care about. So Colin Kaepernick winning in the award, I don't really care. But uh, I guess in light of them deciding to give it to Kaepernick, like, I'll agree, like, he shined on a polarizing issue and he kind of made it a polarizing issue again. Like, I don't think we've seen civil rights be talked about as much probably since the civil rights movement. Um, it's pretty bizarre how much conversation this has sparked. I guess I should be careful and say conversation because it seems a lot than it is conversation, but people are talking about it. So, um, like, like you said, Darnell and JJ Watt could have been a very, you know, suitable candidate to win the award as well. But, uh, I mean, if we're going to be thinking, who are we still talking about? I mean, we're not really talking about, you know, JJ Watt donating the money anymore, but we're still talking about Colin Kaepernick. So, I mean, I'm okay with him winning the award. I'm okay with him not winning the award. Like, honestly. It doesn't necessarily like make or break my day just because Colin Kaepernick won or didn't win the award. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I have no issue with it at all. Uh, I have not yet read the article, but that is something on my to-do list for this week. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta check out that article too. Um, you know, just cause, cause I, cause I only saw that yesterday for the first time. Oh, you just saw it yesterday? Yeah. Okay. Well, it, 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 ba- cycle yesterday. Yeah. All right. Uh, another guy that we'll get into uh, for again to some uh, about some teams and whatnot into the NFL. Uh, we'll get about and get into Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, right now, he decided to uh, basically just call it quits with the appeal. Um, just what do you guys think about that? Um, do you think Zeke should have uh, kept up a fight? I guess. It depends on which point of view you want to look at this from as far as clearing your name as being, you know, touted as a, an abuser. Uh, if he would have kept that fight up, I, I wouldn't have blamed him because, hey, uh, whether he did it or not, I know legally the, all the evidence to this was kind of fishy, but, you know, in the, in the court of public appeal, uh, especially if the league that you're in suspends you based on something like this, you may just be categorized as an abuser. Uh, I don't, I don't know what went on between him and his ex. Maybe he did, maybe he didn't. Uh, but kept that fight up on the basis of, uh, his, his last name. I have no issue with it, but it looks like he's probably looking more towards, 
distraction and just getting this over with for his team. Or maybe he's looking at the season where, you know, Sean Lee is going to be out a couple weeks. Their record is not very good. Things are kind of bleak as far as them making it to the postseason. So maybe it's just let's get this over with and focus on what we can do next year uh, so it's not a distraction next season. But uh, I guess I don't have a huge opinion either way. I know uh, this makes the Cowboys season a lot more bleak, uh, especially being a Cowboy fan. Uh, but it's, it was probably going to happen in some way just because due to the, the collective bargaining agreement, I don't see how he was going to win a final appeal unless it went to the Supreme Court and they made some kind of sweeping judgment on this, but happening. Yeah, you know, I'm, like you said, Darnell, I'm all for him trying to clear his name, uh, him going through the due process. Um, he took advantage of just about every legal process that you can. Uh, he could have still chose to appeal, but, I mean, also, so to be fair, it looks like he's now going to be returning week 16 of a 17-week season. Which only makes me ask the question, how different would their season look if he missed the first six, as opposed to six of the last eight? Mm-hmm. Um you know, it, it, it's all going to be a big story of what if now. Um, you know, I do think that, you know, you'd rather, and, and, and it's, it's tough. The, the NFC is strong this year. Um, some surprise teams coming in, coming out of the NFC, which would even, you know, the Cowboys are still playing catch up in the NFC right now. So it's tough to say that this is, you know, going to be what, you know, is the deciding factor or not. But I would, you know, and I think any Cowboys fan, you know, is thinking, well, if he's going to miss six games, I'd rather miss six earlier in the season than later in the season. Because uh, they're only a couple of games out of the playoff spot. Um, I think they're, what, three back in the division, two, one or two out of a wild card. So, I mean, the season's not over. But they're, they, they have some tough opponents coming up. Eagles this week. Uh, Chargers are never really a team that lays down. Uh, he'll be returning for the final two weeks against the Seahawks and the Eagles. So, I mean, two tough games to try and come back for. Uh, two tough games for not having action in six weeks. But I think the Cowboys is, Season is now a story of what if Ezekiel Elliott just kind of took the suspension early. And I think with a lot of the fans uh, now, well, and I think kind of the whole time they all kind of were saying he's going to be suspended. Just when will he be suspended? Um, at least that's kind of how I was thinking. Like I was thinking, how long can this be put off more so than is he going to win it or not? But, you know, I just kind of wonder what would it look like if he missed six earlier games rather than six late games. And I will even say this. I'm still kind of shocked at six games. We all thought that there was a good chance of a reduction to at least four. So 
I'm yeah. so kind of shocked this made it six. Yeah. Which probably would have saved a whole lot of this if that happened. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He probably would have took the four games if that, if they, uh, if the courts answered back with, uh, four game suspension as opposed to the six. All right, guys. Uh, up next, we're about to talk about the Detroit Lions. Um, just what are your thoughts on the Lions so far uh, into the season? Uh, they should be in better shape than they are. Um, I mean, the foul. Uh, I'll just go ahead and start with this. Then I guess they're five and four, two back in the division. Um, so there's Dave. They have a pretty easy schedule the rest of the way. They're looking at the Bears, Vikings on Thanksgiving, Ravens, Bucks, Bears, Bengals, Packers. So after they play the Vikings, I don't even, I think they have one team with a winning record the rest of the way. So the door's wide open for the Lions. It's just, are they going to take it or not? Um, I guess through what is this week 11? So nine through nine games since they had a bye week. I've been four. In my opinion, they should be seven and two. They should be right there with Minnesota. Uh, I'm not even going to touch that Falcons game. That was very winnable. But uh, the loss against the Steelers, I believe, was inexcusable. Um, two different situations in that game. They had the ball within the three-yard line and could not score. Uh, that's inexcusable. You lose by, you lose by five. Uh, with two chances like that, you... No excuse. You need to win that game. Uh, I also thought they should have beat the Panthers, and they looked awful against the Saints. So, I mean, right there are three wins I believe they should have had, but I understand at least one loss. You know, you just kind of get one of them. And that Saints game, just some breaks didn't go their way. A couple goofy plays inside the five-yard line for both teams. That was just an odd game. Uh, but, you know, Panthers, Steelers, two I believe they should have had. And then that Falcons just came down to a call and, you know, it is what it is. But, you know, overall, I'm happy with the Lions. Um, they've come a long way in my lifetime. I believe the door's wide open for them. They're coming off some decent momentum against the Packers. Um, I get it, minus Aaron Rodgers, but you take advantage of it, and they did. Uh, and then a tight one against the Browns, believe it or not. Well, it was tight for both three quarters, then Matthew Stafford became possessed. But, yeah, I mean, said it before, doors wide open for him. So, Minnesota's got a tougher rest of the way than the Lions do. Uh, I just wish the Lions could somehow find a way to run the ball. It's becoming embarrassing. Uh, I hate it. I really want them to draft a stud running back one of these days, or trade or sign one. Uh, that would be fantastic. But, uh, the Lions are finally starting to get healthy. They got Taylor Decker back last week. I think he only played like 18 or 20 offensive snaps. So he, he's still getting his game feet under him. Uh, surgery. So, uh, good game at the Bears this weekend. I actually, uh, posted on a message board. If, if they beat the Bears this weekend, they will have beaten every NFC North team on the road this year. And I kind of asked on the message board, I was like, when's the last time the Lions beat? the entire NFC North on the road in the same season. And someone responded to me and said it was 1961. 
So this could be, you know, a good thing for the Lions. They will have played their three division games all on the road. So they get the last three at home, which will be nice. Uh, will be nice to take care of business on the road. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking for them to, you know, hopefully take care of some business over the next five weeks. I'm looking for them to beat the Bears this weekend, beat the Vikings, uh, you know, hopefully at least be at a tie in the division or one game back after beating the Vikings. Uh, if they can do that, I think they're in pretty good shape. Uh, Vikings have a pretty tough rest of the way, which is his fan. Uh, I got their schedule right here. Uh, uh, they play, which is going to be a very interesting game. Uh, then they got Lions, Falcons, Panthers, Bengals, Packers, Bears. So, uh, they have a tough, tougher road than the Lions. So, um, it'll be disappointing if the Lions don't make the playoffs this year. Um, but it'll either be, you know, a hopeful ending or the same old Lions. So I guess we'll just have to wait and see which one we get. Yeah. Uh, just disappointed in their season this year. Uh, I do feel like they should be a lot better, especially with things that have gone on in the league. Uh, their division is missing the best player in it, and they're still somehow only five and four. Yeah, I know we've we've had some very lions like endings to some games where they came out on the bad end. So it's the kind of stuff that just always happens with this team. But mm-hmm. you felt like they were turning the corner last year, and this was the time to pay dividends on that. But we're still, we still have a team that's just teetering around that 500 mark. And I, I, I'm just ready for better. I don't know. Maybe I'm oh, just for sure too, too, uh, too aggressive on it with them, but I, I just, I, I'm expecting better and I'm still kind of leaving it up there that this should be their divisional win. Uh, Minnesota is, uh, two games up on them right now. Mm-hmm. So so there's some catching up to do. I do think they have it in them, especially they still play the the bottom feeders in this comp- in this division again. Uh but oh I, I just I think it's time for a little more out of this team. They need to get to the playoffs. They need to try to win a playoff game. Stafford's having a, a solid year. The defense actually seems to be reasonably good. They still can't run the ball for the life of them. Uh, uh, <laughs> the O line, yeah, the O line will hopefully be shored up some now with Lane coming back, or Decker, I mean, coming back. Uh, and you know, we'll just see where it goes. I mean, I still, I'm not sure it'll happen, but vision should be theirs. Yeah, and and that's. And that, that's why I'm not calling it a disappointment yet. I mean, yeah, I do think they should be about seven and two right now, at least six and three. Um, you know, and, and I'm not calling it a disappointment because they haven't thrown it away yet. Um, call it a disappointment until they have actually thrown it away. Um, so do I think they should be better off than they are? Yeah, absolutely. I, I really do. But, uh, 
I mean, you kind of touched on it. Best player in the division's out. Insert Matthew Stafford in the division. Mm-hmm. Um, like, there, there really shouldn't be an excuse. There, there just isn't. And, and the Lions either find a way or they're going to walk through the door. And if they walk through the door this time, um, I don't think it should necessarily be a surprise because people are expecting it. A lot of people are saying close division. Analysts are saying it. Fans are saying it. Like, it would be very disappointing if they blow it. Um, and I will still find a way to cheer for them next year. <laughs> but I would be very disappointed if they don't find a way to do it. Especially with the record they have in front of them. And especially if Minnesota Vikings tend to go, uh, or decide to go with Teddy Bridgewater. No excuse. Because they cleared room for him on the 50, what is it, 52 man roster? Oh, yeah, he, 53 man roster? He's, he's been activated. They're making room for him. Like Kate, Case Keenum doesn't even know if he's going to be the starter. If they go with Teddy Bridgewater. All right, guys, we had enough of the Lions. Uh, just talk about some more about some NFL. Uh, just right now, uh, who do you think are the two best teams um, in the NFL? Can we agree with the Eagles? Right now, yeah. Okay, so that's argued. They're off. They're off the board here. But I, I guess real quick on the Eagles, do you think Carson Wentz is a legitimate MVP contender right now? Yeah, I mean, I do. <laughs> Very, very impressive. But in, ter- in terms of the second team, I feel like that, that's a big toss-up. Someone, I mean, for the sake of not saying the Patriots, um, how about the Rams? Jared Goff's turning the corner. Yeah, they've been, they've been playing. Uh, I think my, my other team, though, I think I go with the Saints. Yeah, they're playing some real defense. Yeah, I was going to say, just from the first two weeks to offense has gone from the abysmal defense we've seen the past two, three seasons to, like, legitimate. They they stuffed the run, good pass D, Mm -hmm. and they're just an overall good team. And and with the chin by subtraction of, of Trey and Adrian Peterson, that running game now is... Between uh, Ingram and Kamara, wow! Yeah, it's lethal. You know, before um, heard, I would have said like even even six and three, uh, they they were playing pretty good uh, for a minute. Like they they looked like they kind of shook some of those cobwebs, uh, but I would have strongly considered them. But I, I just feel like there's too many questions with Pitt. Uh, Kansas City kind of lost a lot of the, you know, the fire that they had early on. Um, yeah, I still think they wish they had Aaron Barry right now. Yeah, I still think there's on uh, Minnesota too. Um, but yeah, I, I would, I would go Saints. I, I really would for second best team. Mm-hmm. 
All right, now I know you guys uh just missing uh mentioned Wentz, but uh who are some other people uh you think is should be notable um MVP candidates? Well, you got Wentz. So, uh, Breeze is up there. Old man Brady, you got to throw in there uh, for how bad their defense looked enough to right the ship to still give them a chance. And you got you got to throw Goff in there there as well. Uh, and and I would say Russell Wilson mm-hmm. uh, for what he's been able to do with uh, the injuries and basically running for mm-hmm. his life every play because their offensive line is garbage. Yeah. So, so I, I mean, it's, it's quarterback driven this season, but yeah, I think, I think those are the guys you look at right now. Yeah. Cream um, Hunt cool way off. If he would have kept up more of what he was doing the first three weeks, I think yeah. he would definitely be in that conversation. Uh, but I think with an outside chance, uh, depending on what he can do with his with his schedule in the rest of the season, I think you could possibly look at Stafford, but uh, I think that's more of an outside shot. Yeah. If he, for some reason, throws for like 300 yards almost every game the rest of the way with a couple or four, he would need a monster finish. Yeah, he he would have to kind of go out of his mind to yeah. get but I would the other quarterbacks. We mentioned yeah. just because, yeah. Since since the MVP running is basically all quarterbacks right now, mm-hmm. I, I would say Stafford's kind of that side looking in. Okay, guys. Uh, well, any um, other thoughts for the NFL before we get ready to get into the pickups? Yeah. I- I guess just real quick, what do you guys think of for um, key offensive player? Well, Hunt there, even though he's cool now, and I just haven't seen any would usurp him. The only, I think it's a two-horse race between him and Fournette. Granted, Fournette yeah, just had yeah. a pretty poor week. Fournette's really the only other guy who can bring me into that conversation, yeah. especially since Deshaun Watson got hurt. If Deshaun Watson to the way I think it, we'd be like, oh, it would have been him. Yeah. 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 Sure. But I think it's Fournette and uh, Hunt. I think they're neck and neck. I can agree with that. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, we're about to get right into the pickums. Uh, let's go over uh, for NCAA. Uh, thought you guys were gonna get me uh, this week, which then turns out didn't. Uh, we got thirty eight for sixty six for Ty, Darnell's thirty nine for sixty six, and I'm forty for sixty six. And NFL, uh, me and Ty, we're t- still tied, man. Uh, twenty five for fifty two. Uh, Darnell's thirty one <laughs> for fifty two. Uh, first thing we're about to get into is the NCAA football. Uh, first game that we got is Cincy versus East Carolina. Uh, give me Cincy. Yeah, I'll take Cincinnati as well. I guess I'll roll with the Bearcats. All right. Up next, we have Army versus North Texas. Oh. I'll take Army. <laughs> yeah. With the Armed Forces Army. Uh, 
Uh, I'll go North Texas. Uh, up next, we have Texas A&M versus Ole Miss. Me the Aggies. Yeah, I'm going Texas Agriculture and Military. Right. Same here. Then we have this is exciting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then we have NC State versus Wake Forest. Yeah, give me NC State. Same. All right. Looks like uh, I won't be gaining too much ground on you this week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Same here. Uh, then to finish it off, we have Michigan versus Wisconsin. Give me Wisconsin. Give me the Badgers. Why right, come on, Ty? Do, do it, do it, Ty. Michigan. Give me Michigan. Let's go. All right. Uh, then for the NFL, uh, we're about to go right into Baltimore versus Green Bay. Ravens. Yeah, I think the Ravens play well here. Everybody's picking the same as me, but that's cool. Uh, <laughs> okay. Up next, we have the Rams versus Minnesota. Let's take the Lions. Give me the Rams. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, I'll go with the Vikings. Uh, I'll go with the Rams uh, as well. Actually, you know what, man? I'm not about to be. I, I go oh. with Minnesota because Ty, me, and him. So I, I go. Give me. We keep time. Give me the lead. That's cool. <laughs> that was. That'll get you one game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, up Every next, game yeah. counts. <laughs> up next, we have ATL versus Seattle. No Richard Sherman, which makes it very interesting for Julio Jones. Yeah. Uh, relies on whoever they're going to throw at him. Um, <laughs> uh, give me Atlanta. But I think it's, it's going to be a high-scoring game. I think I'm going to go with Seattle. All right. Uh, give me Atlanta. And next we have Tampa Bay versus Miami. You couldn't have picked a worse game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awful. I'm actually going to go uh, Miami on this one. Yeah, I'm going with that. Offense, no Jameis. Uh, I, I'll go Tampa Bay. I got some ground to cover, so y'all could be helping me out. And Cincy versus Denver. Denver. Another awful game to try to pick. I'm trying to. I'm, I'm trying to just get some hey. teams in there, man. So, <laughs> hey, like. Uh... Bill Belichick says that explosive offense of Denver. <laughs> yeah, who's is their quarterback? Osweiler. Uh, <laughs> I don't even. I can't even tell you who they're rolling with. It's that. 
Yeah. Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Ooh. Really? Give me yep. Denver. All right, Ty, who you got? He picked Denver. Oh, he Denver. picked Denver, too. Okay. And I almost forgot him, but I didn't. Uh, we got to get the Detroit Lions in there. So, uh, Detroit Lions versus Shy. Lions. Yeah, I will All probably three. be wearing my Lions jersey everywhere on Sunday. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'm going Lions as uh, well, so. I guess some ground. Last week, Mitch Trubisky had a couple had a couple nice deep balls. I'm I'm actually kind of impressed with Mitch Trubisky. I can touch on that after a quick second. I just feel like he's got some really good mechanics. He needs to kind of get out of the habit of wanting to roll to his right, but I feel like he he can actually turn into something here. I think that was I don't know about trading up to get him to get him, but. Uh, I think he can. You agree with that, Darnell? Oh yeah, he he's shown some upside. He throws some nice balls there. He seems he he comfortable in the offense. Um, just gotta see what grows with it. Well, and small at all, but they need to get him an actual wide receiver. Well, that as well. Yes. You even name two guys who's throwing the ball to. I'm not sure I can name one. I mean, I, I mean, like, like I can, but that's because I looked it up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, anything else to add? Uh, ready for anything before we close it out? Nope. All right, as always, I appreciate y'all for checking us out. Uh, you can find this podcast on podcast.com, iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, SoundCloud. Hit us up in a search engine. We should be able to pop up. Um, also, feel free to check us out on Twitter at BKM underscore cast. And uh, like I said, again, we appreciate y'all for tuning in, and we'll catch y'all on the next episode. Peace.